The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Clay Link along with lead prospect writer James Anderson. This podcast is brought to you by Optima Fantasy Sports. Shout out to New Day, N-E-U-D-A-E. That's N-E-U-D-A-E, New Day Music on Twitter. Really appreciate and like the song Lion Kings. That's good stuff. James, we're going to be taking a spin around the South Atlantic League, the Sally League, as it's affectionately called. This is an interesting league, a lot of good players. I've got to have a partialness to Charleston, it's where my brother lives and his family. So a great park there with the River Dogs. But I have to get down and see some yeah, of these guys got, because I missed out on Greenville last year when they had Mankata and Devers. Yeah, you got to get down there this year. Uh, most of the guy, most of the talent on Charleston should be there for most of the season, if not all the season, except for maybe this first guy we're going to talk about. Uh, I wanted to. It's it's always tough to decide like who what what to write about when it's this early in the season because you know with all these guys we really only had six games to go on i think it's the most the most interesting 
prospects in the minors right now are the guys who are getting their first taste of a full season league after really kind of excelling in either rookie ball or short season ball last year. And they're really facing a, a challenge for the first time in the month of April versus some of those other guys where we know a lot more about those guys. We know how they're going to respond to advanced yeah. pitching. I think it's, it's really cool to kind of get a, a quick snapshot on how a lot of these exciting young teenagers are doing in their first crack at a ball. Yeah, this is a cool league, man. Just as you said, exactly. Like these guys first opportunity against full season pitching, most of them and see how they do. And they have the tools and see how long it takes some of them to, to put it together. Blake Rutherford putting it together pretty quickly so far. I mean, uh, this is a very small sample, just 23 at bats, but five walks to seven strikeouts, three doubles, two for two on stolen base attempts. Very interesting. I, mean, I don't expect he's climbing in your top 400 with this performance, but I think he's a player that overall, I mean, I grabbed him in SKL too. I was very happy to get him. And I think once we see that the power along with the speed, his stock's going to climb. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's really kind of the, the total package. At least that's, that's sort of what it looks like. That's what the reports suggest. He's running a little bit more than I expected early on. He, I mean, part of that's just because he's getting on base almost half the time. So he's, he's had plenty of opportunities to run. Hasn't hit one out yet, but that's, that's something he was doing all spring. So I, I expect that to, to happen sooner than later. And like I said, this is a guy that might only be at Charleston for maybe half the season, assuming he continues to hit. He's a full year older than like I, this, the Sally league on the hitting side, it's, it's really hard to not just get sucked in and, and really look hard at the, the top four outfielders in this league. They're all young, really exciting, really toolsy, ton of pedigree, but Rutherford's a full year older than the other three guys. So I would expect him to be the first of the, of the bunch to get a promotion. I also would not be surprised if he performs a little bit better than the other, other guys, just cause he is a little bit older, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really hard to find a, a flaw with any of these top four outfielders. Yeah. I think I got Rutherford and staff, three and then he was the first overall pick of the reserves right. and staff too we talked about that recently but just while we're on the topic of the yankees organization let's talk about rutherford's organizational mate here who had some bad news in recent days james caprillian we saw him in arizona looked really good but we always knew that there was some underlying injury concerns there and turns out you know full season plus really it's 18 months now with tommy john 18 months of development time lost is he a guy that you're probably going to bump i mean maybe into like the 300 to 400 range no i i bumped him down to 164 i had him at mid 50s before any of the elbow issues popped up uh you know always really difficult to figure out where to put these guys you know they're i look back on just kind of semi-recent examples uh Dylan Bundy comes to mind, Hunter Harvey comes to mind, uh, a guy like Kyle Zimmer, where you just really don't, you know these guys are just high-end elite pitching prospects when healthy, but you just don't really know when you're going to see that version of them again. And with Caprillion, it's particularly, uh, you know, it's, it's not ideal because he only has about 56 total innings in pro ball under his belt and he's 23 years old and half of those innings were in the Arizona Fall League 
And so by the time he comes back in like May or June of next year, he's going to be 24 with no experience above high A. I mean, that's just a rare profile for someone that then goes on to succeed. I mean, it's it's not really his fault. Like, I mean, it's these are all injuries. It's not performance related, but it's just kind of hard to think of a, a test case that that sort of matches his profile. Yeah, I'm absolutely with you, man. That's that's a tough break for that kid. And yeah, I mean, maybe it's May or June next year, but you just never know with Tommy John too. I mean, if there's any sort of setbacks, he could be held out for most of, of next year. And that's that's a tough hold in, in Dynasty and Keeper League, especially when you don't know how long a, a Keeper League is going to be lasting. So uh, yeah, that's a tough spot to be in if you if you have Caprillion. But let's talk about Juan Soto a bit. We have in recent weeks as well, but great start for him. I mean, wow, 435 average, 500 on base. A double stolen base, three walks to no case. Is that the most encouraging aspect of this? Yeah, it's like it's really hard to take anything from any of these numbers we're talking about, but strikeout and walk rate are the two things that tend to normalize the 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 fastest. And that's just crazy for a guy that's that young who doesn't turn nineteen until late October. And he's getting his first crack against full season pitching. He's he projects long-term as a power hitter. So you'd expect there to be a little bit more swing and miss in his game. And he's just, he's got the best approach in the league so far. It's, it's really kind of crazy. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't say enough about this guy. I mean, he's, he's someone that we were really high on before the season. Uh, I saw him kind of either at the back of some people's top 100s or maybe just missing the cut on some top 100s. We had him well in, inside the top 40. Uh, now he's inside the top 30. I mean, this is a guy that could finish the year inside the top 10. Yeah, because I remember we had Craig Goldstein on the Saturday XM show, and he's, you know, we were talking about Soto, and he's he likes him, certainly, but he, he knew how much higher you were on a guy like this, especially for fantasy purposes. I mean, this is a, kind of a, a potential fantasy difference maker for, for many years to come, once he reaches the majors. Right, and there just aren't a ton of those guys where they're young, they have a ton of upside, and they don't have any obvious flaws. Mm-hmm. Like, you can find dozens and dozens of guys that are, young have a ton of upside but it's like well he's got to cut down on the strikeouts he's got a you know we're not sure what the hit tools like we're not sure you know what what position he's going to play whether the whether he's going to hit enough power blah 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 like with soto it's just i don't know i mean can he <laughs> can he stay healthy i mean i don't i don't it's hard to see where the flaws are and, and we probably won't see where any flaws are until he gets to like double a I, I just have a hard time seeing uh, pitching in the lower level, slowing him down at this point. Got him included on a, a deal to you that's on the table, potential blockbuster deal. Um, <laughs> off to a terrible start in that league, though, staff two. Yeah, I mean, do really I need ne- to jump on this deal before you fall Probably. too far out of the race? <laughs> that's the thing. I'm, oh, man. I mean, my <laughs> offense is good. My pitching has been terrible. Uh, the player, the major leaguer I, I had my eye on was, of course, Clayton Kershaw to really anchor the ratios. But, I mean, there may be too much damage done at, the, <laughs> at this point. Who knows? But, James, I know you were recently planning a trip to go see some games. I forget which league that was. It wasn't the Sally League, was it? Uh, I'm not hitting the Sally League. Uh, or am I? I might actually be. No, I am. I'm going to hit Rome, I think. Nice. Um but I'm going to hit Bowling Green, and then I'm going to hit uh, Biloxi. So 
those are the three stops on that trip. I had someone ask me if I was going to be out there to, to catch uh, Lakewood at all. I know Mike Gianella hit me up and said he's got to go out and, and check out Lakewood this year. They, they have a pretty pretty loaded roster right now and most of those guys should be there all year so i definitely would encourage anyone that's listening that's kind of around any of these affiliates to to just take a peek at this article and maybe maybe try to pinpoint a a upcoming game to to go check out yeah absolutely and we should do that too just around here like if even if it's like a four-hour drive or something uh take a little road trip it might be kind of fun i think i owe you for driving to a couple last year yeah i mean that was what what town was that oh the bend the bend (laughs) Oh, goodness. Just hideous. Just a hideous. <laughs> Terrible town. town. Well, let's talk about Leody Tavares. Leody Tavares, he's at Hickory right now. He's also off to a very good start. Uh, 25 at bats only, but two homers, 393 on base. Is it going to be a lot about the power, or what else does Tavares bring to the table? Is it really a well-rounded skill set? So the the thing that really stands out like with, with Soto is the, the K to walk. And with Tavares, it's the power because he only had one home run in about 70 games coming into this season. Uh, wouldn't be surprised with him if he only ends up hitting like eight homers this year or something like that. And it just it just happened to be that he hit two in the first week and then everything kind of normalized going forward. Uh, if If he does somehow have some sort of weird power breakout this year, then, I mean, he he his stock just completely explodes and he might even finish the year as a as a top five prospect but right now it's it's supposed to be more about the speed with him the batting average he's a potential five tool guy long term but everyone's sort of expecting the power to take a little bit longer that's what's so cool about seeing him hit these two out is it's like well we we all kind of are hoping that maybe there's 20 homer power there down the road the fact that he is showing it already a little bit in in the first week that he's playing in at low A is is really encouraging, and he doesn't have, you know, any kind of strikeout issues that you look at and say, oh yeah, well he's off to this hot start, but that should come to an end pretty soon. I mean, everything kind of checks out. It, it looks like a legit start to the year. Just over one on on stolen base attempts, but I mean that should uh, that should turn around in his favor a little bit too. So you know, really impressive start for him. So did he leap Mickey Moniak on your top 400 or was he there? I forget exactly. Was he there to begin with? I decided to put, when I was writing this, I had, uh, I had, I had Moniak, Soto Tavares, Rutherford, I think. And I switched the order when I was writing this just because I, I mean, I think, I think with Moniak, I, I love the hit tool. Um, but I, I think I honestly think the the other three beat him by maybe a year to the big leagues, and in Rutherford's case, he might beat him by by even more than that. And I, and I just think part of the reason I I bumped Rutherford ahead of the other guys, I think Rutherford's hype uh, in the industry is going to reach a, a fever pitch this summer. I think he's going to be uh, one of the, one of the more trendy names that we see. I mean, I think, I think he might be a guy that's on a lot of top tens at, at the halfway point. Uh, it's just, it's just not a guy I see struggling anytime soon. The fact that he's a Yankee sort of adds to that, that allure. Uh, I think guys that were drafted high versus international signings typically uh, get a little bit more pub uh, earlier on than, than the, the international guys. So I think Rutherford's going to be a monster trade chip this summer, if that's something you're interested in. 
you mentioned Moniac's hit tool. It is a little surprising to see him with 10Ks already. I mean, it's very early, and it will take some adjusting, but is there a, something that's a flaw that's maybe already surfacing there with his with his No, I, I'm not worried about it at all. It's just going to be kind of a, a slow burn for him. He's so young. He, he was just in the Gulf Coast League last year, so this is a pretty big jump. I mean, he's... This is this is a different brand of pitching than than anything he's seen prior to this season. So I think he's just kind of getting acclimated to to the level of pitching. Uh, but I do point out that you know he's got a thirty two percent strikeout rate, a two eighty six average, and a four forty four BABIP. Like if all those things, obviously the BABIP's not going to hold, but if the strikeout rate holds. Uh, that average is going to come way down. I mean, he true true talent based on what he's what he's actually doing right now. He should probably be hitting like two hundred. So uh, it might be tough to like if you were looking to use Moniac as a trade ship this summer. It might be tough to kind of sell someone on him uh, if if he's not producing on paper. But I I would be more than happy to hold on to a guy like this. Uh, I think he's a guy that's going to be underrated in the fantasy community in a couple years because i think people are going to keep talking about oh well, yeah he's got a hit tool he's got a little bit of speed but what else can he do i think this is a guy where you're not going to see any kind of meaningful game power develop until he's 23 24 25 but then i think when that does happen you could be looking at a guy that hits over 300 and is a 2020 threat yeah, I think that's very good advice though because while you like the player long term i do think it's wise to maybe caution a bit that it may be tough to, to move a guy like that. If the numbers, you know, if there are some growing pains, which there, there probably will be this season and you know, maybe throughout his career, but uh, yeah, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe look to sell high on Moniac now because uh, the numbers really do speak volumes with, with prospects midsummer. Let's move on though to Desmond Lindsay. We've talked about a lot of guys who've been off to great starts, not so much for Lindsay, but the fact that he has six walks to seven K's, Makes me think this guy's going to be just fine. I mean, obviously very early, and the, the tools are, are very impressive with Desmond Lindsay. Yeah, he's he's striking out a bit too much. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, he's he's walked at every stop. Uh, he's, he's 20 years old, but he's just got 77 games under his belt as a pro. So he's really developmentally, he's kind of right where those other top four guys are. Uh, but he's a little bit older. I mean, the tools are nice, but they're not they're not quite as outstanding as, as guys like Rutherford, Soto, and Tavares. So, yeah, I mean, Lindsey, he, he's also just missed a lot of time with injuries. I mean, the, the whole first half of the season might just be kind of about getting into a groove against uh, a quality of pitching he hasn't seen before. I think that this is a guy that the numbers in the first half versus the numbers in the second half, they might, they might look quite different. So Christian Pash, sounds like you're going to see this guy – with Rome, when you take that trip, uh, more than likely anyway. I mean, this guy is young, probably not going to be advancing past past Rome anytime soon. We'll turn 19, actually, until the season's over. Uh, this is a player that I actually don't actually know a ton about, but he's 116 now on your overall top 400. Was that a, something that changed recently, or am I just missing the boat with Pash? No, he, he's been there. Uh, hmm. I think I might have had him at, like, 130 when the mag came out, and he slowly kind of just climbed ahead of guys. I, I love that he, I love his, his combination of age, uh, 
projectability. I mean, he's six foot two, one eighty five. Hasn't hit a home run as a pro yet, but I I think that there's probably going to be uh, double digit homers, maybe maybe in the ten to fifteen range, maybe even in the fifteen to twenty range down the road uh, when he kind of grows grows into some power, fills out a little bit. Right now, he's he's sort of a, a poor man's Leo Tavares, where he's he's hit for a high average at every stop has plus speed might even be a tick above plus uh it'll be interesting to kind of see what kind of contact this guy makes because he hasn't really shown any any major flaws i mean he, he doesn't walk a ton but uh if this guy just sort of holds his own this year he's he might be the youngest player in the league i didn't i didn't check on that but uh he's younger than than juan soto uh if he just kind of holds his own hits like 260 maybe gets on base at like a 300 clip and and hits a decent amount of doubles i think that would be a success for him uh one of the more exciting uh, outfield prospects in a in a pretty loaded brave system just looking back at passion's first note on the site back in 2015 when he signed with the braves and i think it's interesting to note the distinction between uh the baseball america rank in the signing class of 21 and mlb.com who had him 10 in, in the class this note also mentions a quote funky swing. Do you think that swing is funky, or do you see it kind of as something that you know he, he's going to be able to make work? Yeah, he's one of those guys that's got a unique swing, but it's one that works for him. It it's you know I mean Brian Altapia's got a funky swing. Uh, you know there are hand- pens. I mean yeah, you know. I mean there are a handful of other guys that just baseball's a, a weird sport like that. Everyone's sort of got their own sort of unique swing. Uh, you don't change it unless a guy really starts struggling and so far Pash hasn't and he's going to provide a decent amount of value with his glove in the outfield too so uh yeah I'm, I'm not worried about about his his swing mechanics at all just just yet interesting interesting Colton Welker next guy you wrote about on your farm futures piece by the way go out check out the full article because I'm sure we can't get to Everybody mentioned in this piece, rotowire.com slash pod for a free 10-day trial. Colton Welker with Asheville, really nice start. 368 average, 429 on base, 737 slug. Two homers, a stolen base. Uh, Not a lot of walks yet, but he's also not striking out much. What is this skill set with Welker? I mean, is he going to be a guy that hits for for power and maybe steals 50 to 20 bases? I I love Welker. He was... uh, favorite of mine and in, in terms of if you're just talking about position player prospects from last year's draft who didn't go in the top like 25 picks or so i love welker's fantasy profile he's a uh, much better in fantasy than real life type of guy because you're you're not really sure how long he's gonna be able to stick at third base uh he gets you know dinged a little bit for for his work over there right now but i think the bat could could profile at first and you know he's going to be a high average uh power oriented profile where you're hoping for maybe 300 25 to 30 homers and you know he might not walk like a a typical corner guy but if he can just kind of get that into sort of like the eight percent nine percent range which I, i think he should be able to do as he really establishes his power uh I think that that'll be fine because like you said he he's not striking out. He didn't strike out last year in rookie ball as a, as an 18-year-old. He's not striking out right now in in his first 
week in the in full season ball so i'm i'm liking everything i'm seeing he's not going to be a speed guy i know he's he's attempted two steals this year but it's going to be kind of uh four four category production which is fine especially if it ends up being in course field yeah absolutely kind of a, a douchey sounding name i'm not gonna <laughs> lie it sounds like a south park ski instructor or something Colton Walker. Yeah. i guess i can't really talk i sound like i have a, a made-up fake name but a quick <laughs> note from our sponsor last year your team struck out lineup errors cost you too many wins this year it's time to make a serious run for the money crush your daily fantasy sports competition with optima fantasy sports You've got to bring the best to be the best. So why not use some of the tools that professional franchises incorporate to identify better talent? Optima Fantasy Sports incorporates player matchup analysis and streamlines the lineup building process with an easy-to-navigate lineup optimizer powered by the most accurate projected fantasy points and consistency ratings in the industry the ability to lock and unlock players during your daily lineup building process combined with player risk factor information makes Optima Fantasy Sports the most reliable daily fantasy baseball resource available. Build your fantasy lineups today and crush your competition. Subscribe to Optima Fantasy Sports. Go to OptimaFantasySports.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE for a special discount. That's O-P-T-I-M-A FantasySports.com. Let's get back to your article, James. Darian Cruz, another another SKL three just farm player. I know you're interested in my team. But, <laughs> no, I picked him up just kind of as a late flyer guy. I mean, he was definitely not buried on your overall top four hundred, but most of the other teams had already filled their minor league spots. Decided to take a, a chance, and you actually praised uh, the pick at the time. I remember that. Yeah, he's he's super toolsy. Uh, not doing a ton right now. He's he's very young, uh, kind of just like Pash they're they're both being aggressively assigned to the Sally League this year a uh, ton of speed hasn't gotten to put it to use much in games yet because he's he's not getting on base a ton but he's the type of guy who could have a, a pretty crappy year this year and still be a top 200 prospect just based on the tools so uh, definitely not a bad guy to have as a, as a flyer Bobby Dahlbeck with Greenville I really did miss my chance to see Greenville I was Really, really wanting to see them last year. But Charleston will be pretty good uh, this year with uh, not only Blake Rutherford, who we talked about, but Estevan Florial, who we talk about in a second. But Dahlbeck, this, in this Red Sox system, which has kind of been depleted with trades and graduations, where does Dahlbeck rank within the system? Uh, I can look that up really quick. Um, he's someone who I think the – I have him fourth right now behind <laughs> – Devers, Benintendi just graduated, so behind Devers, Grom, and Sam Travis. Uh, Dahlbeck is a guy that I, you know a lot of people I talked to liked him more than Colton Welker coming into the year, and I just didn't really understand it. I, I recognize that he's got a ton of pop, you know, huge raw power, uh, but you know he's a guy that's twenty-one years old and he's got the same assignment as Colton Welker, who's over two years younger than him. And he's got a ton of swing and miss in his game. Whereas Welker doesn't swing and miss at all. I think they've kind of similar, uh, hit tool and, and power projections. So I, I definitely prefer Welker, especially if you factor in the course field angle. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that 
it's not to say I don't like Dahlbeck. I mean, I have him ranked 147. I think that's pretty fair. He's a guy that maybe won't make enough contact for the power to matter. He's a guy that could really struggle against double A and triple A pitching. And it's, it's going to be really hard to evaluate him until he's at an age appropriate level. Mentioned Estevan Florial, and he is older than a lot of the guys we've talked about. But do you think maybe kind of like Moniak, even though he's maybe older, may take him a while and the numbers may not look great this season, so he may not be an excellent trade ship this summer? No, he he's 19, uh, so it's like, you know, he you'd think he'd be doing a little bit better than some of the 18-year-olds we've talked about, uh, but it's he's 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 more raw from just a pure baseball standpoint than a guy like Leody Tavares or a guy like Juan Soto. He's... He's all tools and no refinement at this point. So it's it's going to be, you know, a work in progress for him. He's the type of guy that you, you take a flyer on. And I wouldn't even, I just wouldn't even check his stats. If I, if I had him on a roster where there's just no in-season turnover in the minor spots, I just wouldn't check his stats until maybe mid-season because it's, it's going to be a, a pretty bumpy ride for him this year. But, you know, I... I've made the cop before. I still think there's there's Alfonso Soriano level upside if everything clicks just from a, a power and speed standpoint, which is uh, a freakish combination of tools. And for a guy that's routinely ranked outside of top 100s, I, mean, I think that's pretty rare. Nice. I like that term, freakish. That makes me feel good about Estefan Florial. What about Daniel Brito? Second baseman in the Philly system, crazy start for him. Homer, also three for three on the base paths, four walks, 27 at-bats. Thinking about moving him up the top 400 at all, or not quite yet. I mean, we've talked about second base prospects, and for fantasy, it's not ideal to go after those types. <laughs> I'm just laughing at this Kyle Schwarber catch. Uh, <laughs> you see that against the I Ivy? Did. Like he, it, it took like four it minutes. It bounced to, off the Ivy, yeah. and like he was selling it like he you know caught it like that's legit um, <laughs> it's all about the sell job man i was loving i mean i was just loving the excitement that Almora and, and schwarber had out there selling that uh it's a fun team i mean i'm a reds fan but man that i love that team yeah for sure uh yeah but but brito is is a kind of an unheralded guy um at least in kind of more standard dynasty leagues he's behind uh their uh their other second base prospect uh scott kingery in terms of just when he's going to reach the majors uh kingery's maybe a bit a bit more refined impressed some people uh last season but but brito is younger has a bit more physical projection and has a bit more power projection i think too i think kingery's kind of more of your standard second base type from maybe five years ago where it's you know, high batting average, maybe 20, 25 steals, and then maybe you get eight or 10 homers. Uh, whereas Brito could be a 15, 15 guy, maybe even like an 18, 18 guy, and still provide that same sort of average. He's got to add a little bit of weight. He's, I think he's 160 right now. Uh, no, six foot one, 155 is what he's listed at. So he's obviously got to pack on. Uh, a little little weight so that he can max out in terms of the power and, and so that he can make quality contact against big league pitchers. But uh, this is a guy that, that might be out there on, on some of your waiver wires. Uh, I know he's, he's out there on waivers in uh, my TDGX league. I'm, I'm thinking about putting a claim in for him. 
this week just because you know if he if he keeps hitting he's not gonna be out there for much longer so not a bad guy to target in season as someone who who could be in for a breakout year yeah, definitely want to keep an eye on Brito. Just to clarify, you know, if, if you're new to the podcast, why I don't like to go after second base prospects, and James, maybe you can add to this, but it's just the fact that if, you know, they're that limited defensively already, you're going to have to really hit to not only get to the majors, but be in a regular role and make an impact at the at the major league level. Plus, second base has gotten pretty deep. Well, right, the whole, the, the reason why you don't want to be rostering a bunch of second base prospects is because if they for whatever reason can't make it at second base there's nowhere for them to go yeah and with a shortstop prospect they can go pretty much anywhere like if if they outgrow shortstop they can go to third base if the arm isn't quite good enough for shortstop they can go to second base uh if they just aren't meant for the dirt they can go to center field i mean when you're a second base prospect maybe you go to like left field Mm -hmm. uh but yeah, Scooter there's just Jeanette style. Baby. Yeah, there's just there's just not a ton of options. That said, I actually do have like kind of a weird fetish that I'm I I can't really get out of when it comes to second base prospects, especially super young ones with uh, excellent approaches and and hit tools. I mean, I was there are exceptions. I was gushing on Twitter earlier today about Luis Urias, who's just uh, really off to an amazing start at Double A right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's probably best if I if I maybe pump the brakes a little on my love for the Keystone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've just been burned by terrible guys who don't pan out. Like, so how, well, I'm, like think back even just like recent years, you and I, like I was yeah. all in on like Colton Wong, and like you were all in on Arismendi Alcantara, yeah. like just a lot of recent examples too of how yeah. that just can that can go bad in a hurry. I think with my final reserve pick one year, I took who was that red second base prospect. We saw in the I don't even remember his name now. Oh, um, he wasn't terrible, but it's like yeah, no, I, they, if I know he just who doesn't you're hit, about. then he just stalls out. And um, he was at Daytona, I think, for a while. Yeah, um, this is bugging the hell out of me. I got to figure this out. I would look him up on a prospect ranking, but I, he's not even ranked anymore. He's uh, <laughs> um, this is true. Oh man, I forget his name I'll, too. I'll get it. Uh, right. Just. Just stall for me while I yeah. while I get this. I, mean, I want to want to talk about the other two guys. You we we can't we can't miss an opportunity to badmouth a a, Reds a high <laughs> pick. Oh, hey, Blandina, Blandina, Alex yes, Blandina. Of course, of course, his name is Blandino. <laughs> He's just terrible at the dish. But I'll say though that that Reds team hey. they're not good, but they're better than I thought they were. I'll say that I'm already willing to say that because I wasn't expecting anything. At least they're like having fun, and Scooter Jeanette <laughs> has actually been really good for some reason. But also Amir Garrett. I mean, we've talked about him on XM over the week. I mean, is it too soon to start talking NLSI? <laughs> ALS or NLSI? Yeah, I, I don't think so. Is it no, too I soon mean, to start talking about a starter of the All Star Game, Amir Garrett? Might not be too soon to start talking about Rookie of the Year. No, it is. It absolutely is. He's looked good, though. I mean, but I, I will say this: he's not overthrowing. You know, he's throwing his fastball just as much as just as hard as he needs to to be able to throw it consistently in the strike zone. But that's going to end up being. I mean, it's leading to early success, but it could be uh, lead to a pretty rough stretch because once hitters are able to start squaring up that fastball, we saw it yesterday. It was a lot of fly balls to deep left, like the deepest part of of PNC Park. If you're in Great American Ballpark, a lot of those are out of the park. Oh yeah. I uh, what I wanted to uh, I mean 
He's not this, walking guys though. That's good. That is great. I, that's one of the reasons why I've, I really soured on him is because he was just giving away too many free passes and not missing enough bats. Uh, but yeah, so far so good with Garrett. Uh, the, mechan- explain, the mechanics uh, have been pretty great. Um, just one more quick Reds tangent. Cause I know that's what the people came for. Uh, <laughs> you know, Jesse yeah. Winker, obviously more walks and strikeouts already at triple a. I mean, what, what else is new? But Scott Shebler, I know he has been. It's <laughs> he's annoyingly competent right now, and I don't I don't see Winker getting a shot anytime soon. I know there was a play last week where he just made the dumbest slide into second base, where he slid like short of the bag. Like he would have been safe if he just slid in the bag. We slid short, like popped up, and like stumbled, and the guy just tagged him. <laughs> and I was just furious at the time. But then ever since he's been just destroying the ball, taking Oppo at PNC, and he's he's not striking out either. Like it's, yeah. that's very, uh, very, very concerning as a, as a guy who, who wants Winker to be up sooner than later. He's really winning Tom over Tom Brennan. Oh, I, I could see him being Tom's favorite red in, in quite a while. And he smokes this. Yeah. Just all I mean, about the game. A, a burgeoning just. Tom is really getting fired up about the start for the Reds. Watch out. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about these other two guys you wrote up. You have a lot of others of note. You can talk about some of those guys if you want. But the final two guys you actually wrote up, Anderson Tejeda of the Rangers and Khalil Lee of the Royals at Hickory and Lexington, respectively. What are these two guys? I mean, kind of opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of what, uh, how they've started this season, but what do they bring to the table offensively? Tejeda is a guy that could be a 25 homer shortstop, maybe a 25 homer second baseman if he ends up moving off. But he has really gotten exposed early on because I think he's clearly selling out for power. He hit, uh, I mean, he had a decent amount of homers in just a, a short amount of time in the Northwest League last year, and I think he maybe developed some bad habits. And so far, he leads the Sally League with 12 strikeouts, has one home run on the year, but uh, just one other hit besides that long ball. I think that the Rangers will be giving him a very long leash before considering any sort of demotion, just because he was at short season ball last year, had a ton of success. So naturally, you you don't necessarily, I mean, if you send him back to the Northwest League, what are you really going to learn from learn about him there and what's he really going to learn about himself if he can just get back into uh, his old habits and have success so I think you want him to kind of just deal with these struggles also you know a thing worth pointing out um you know with a lot of these guys I'm not sure what the the temperature has been like in in all these cities but uh there's they've probably been playing in in maybe a bit chillier environments than they're they're used to especially the the guys that come from uh, Latin America. So, I mean, that, that's part of the, the learning curve. That's more so the case in the Midwest league than it is in the Sally league, obviously, but, uh, that, that could be part of the issue too. I think Tejeda is another one of those guys kind of in that Esteban Floriel, uh, Darian Cruz, uh, Christian patch sort of mold where look, they could have bad years this year on paper where you just look at the numbers and you're just not impressed at all that doesn't necessarily mean that they've done anything to sort of complicate their status as prospects. It, it means they probably won't move up any lists, but uh, this is a developmental year for, for a guy like Tejada and Khalil Lee has become one of the real breakout stars from uh, outside of the first round of last year's draft. Uh, a lot of teams were looking at him as a potential 
hard throwing lefty. And the Royals took him as a position player. And so far, that is looking like a great call by them. He's been raking. He's added a ton of muscle. Has a really intriguing power-speed combo. He, he strikes out a little bit, but I think that's you'll, you'll totally live with that for an 18-year-old who I don't think a ton of people expected that much from uh, right away. I don't even think a ton of people expected him to be in low a at this point in his his career so that's an that's another guy lee and and brito are probably the top two guys from this list who might be out there in a good chunk of dynasty league so if you have leagues where there are uh, in-season transactions brito and lee are probably your top two targets from uh, the Sally league hitters i mentioned that you have a lot of names here under others of note a lot of guys in the 200 to 400 range there are a lot of guys that you don't have ranked in your top 400 but you wanted to give out a shout out for their hot start you want to mention or talk about any of these guys uh i'll talk about two really quick uh luis carpio missed all of last year he's a he's a second baseman in the Mets system missed all of last year with a, a shoulder injury that required surgery but Man, he is hitting the ground running right now. He's hitting 381, 536, three for three on, on stolen base attempts, more walks and strikeouts. And he's age appropriate, too. I think he's 19, maybe. Uh, and I, I have him ranked inside the top 300. If he keeps hitting, I'll, I'll bump him up. I mean, there's not a ton of upside here in terms of power, but. This could be a, a guy that steals you 20-plus bases and hits for a really high average while getting on base at a pretty high clip. Could could lead off for a big league club down the road. And then uh, tell Tyler Nevin, who at the time of writing this article I didn't have ranked, uh, but then after Andrew Benintendi and uh, what's-his-face for the Dodgers backup catcher. Um, the, their backup Austin, what's his name? Uh, this is great. Uh, Austin Barnes. Yeah. Uh, Ben and Austin Barnes graduated from the, the top 400. So I, I threw Tyler and Evan in there. Great uh, radio. <laughs> this is, this is great. This is how you podcast folks. Uh, but yeah, Tyler Nevin, who's also at, uh, Asheville with, um, Colton Welker, also a third baseman right now, like Colton Welker. I actually haven't looked into how they're deploying these guys. I mean, they, they're probably taking turns DHing, Maybe playing a little bit of first base, but but Nevin's raking. He missed, uh, I think he missed almost all of last year with an injury too. Uh, he's not striking out. He's he's still nineteen, so he's age appropriate. That's another guy that if he he keeps hitting a, a hot bat, I mean he's a guy that's headed for Colorado down the road theoretically. So that's a guy worth uh, worth keeping an eye on. You know, when you mentioned the Mets system, just kind of in passing, I. Started thinking about the face of MILB, yeah. Marcos Molina. He's, hasn't, he's still on the seven-day DL, working his way back from Tommy John. But any idea where, where he might end up this season once he is cleared to join a, a full-season affiliate? I think it's like he never got past what? I think they would probably give him a Florida State. decent amount of run and extended spring and then send him to, to high A. At least that's, that's what I would do. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he... At last check, he was the face. Uh, might have to might have to check and see if there's anyone face. challenging him for for the face of MILB. Yeah, that's that's it's going to be tough because it's a, it's a coveted title. His, he's got the he's got everything working, but 
Uh, yeah, missing a year plus this hasn't done him any favors in that department. But James, great stuff. We appreciate it. Great work on your latest farm futures piece. That'll do it for the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, brought to you by Optima Fantasy Sports. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll be back with you next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.